Welcome to Rick Radio Community News Desk, episode 52. I'm Mick Hanley. Later in the programme, we talk with Caelan Robinson of Dock One Studio, who has been busy videoing the group involved with the song for the Docklands. But joining me on the Community News Desk uh, today is Owen Megan, the editor of News 4 newspaper, uh, the local newspaper here in uh, Dublin 4, as I say. Owen, you're very welcome Thank back you very much. once Thank again. You. Great um, to be back again, yeah, yeah, with a new issue. We're going to talk about the issue February, March. Fe- February, March, which I is know we've missed. actually in the in the shops at the moment. A lot of people may have read it, but if you haven't, um, it's 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 available in uh, all around the area. And, um, yeah, if you want to go... Well, obviously we've missed the start of February, which we, we was, missed, uh, of yeah, course, yeah. St. Bridget's Day, and you have a... A, a lovely article on the front page. Yeah, we call, uh, because because of the new bank holiday, the Bridget bank holiday, if you if you want to call it that, um, we had to do a special on and because on for the February March issue, we had to do a special for Bridget and St Bridget whatever for the cover. So um, it's a thing I wrote myself, but it's I don't know. Bridget is uh, first of all, it's great to have the, the holiday, you know, the the new bank holiday. I always thought there was a big lull from you know. This, uh, from New Year up to Patrick's Day, Easter, and yeah. it's great to get it's great to get a break in that too. I think it's good to celebrate Bridget because she uh, she stands for so many things to so many different people. Like you have the the Saint Bridget that we all knew at school, and we did the made the Bridges crosses and whatever. And but you also we also know now that there was an earlier uh, incarnation, if you like, of Bridget being where she was a Celtic kind of a goddess or a druidess or a priestess of 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 of, of that. Um, particular religion and culture and um, we can think of the two Bridgets if you like the St Bridget and the earlier uh, more in a p- part of nature uh, uh, Bridget but I really see and this is what I'm talking about in the article that there really are two aspects of the one person they really are one one Bridget because they share so many characteristics you know yeah and the thing about Bridget is and this is why she's so important I think for in today's uh, time for women and for people who are marginalised and maybe um LGBGT, whenever you know, the, that she <coughs> stands for um, inclusivity. I think that's really what it is. Yeah, if you yeah. want to sum it up in one word, uh, lot, uh, we the stories we hear about Bridget, but some of them may be true and may, maybe not. Uh, tell about how she uh, kept giving things away to the poor, and she gave her her father's very precious sword away to a, to a man to feed, so he could buy food, feed his family, and whatever. And she took a lot of people in. And, you know, that rings, I think, a resonance with us today with uh, people coming from um, Ukraine and uh, from into Ireland. And uh, I think Irish people still have that. Unfortunately, you have these, uh, uh, um, what do you call them, protests, but I think they're very small and marginal. And Irish people still have that uh, genuine uh, welcomeness in their heart for people like who are who are strangers to our shore who are homeless who are who are needy who are in need and this uh, this thing that Bridget if you love compassion or whatever um, I think it's still very much alive and very very important I think today and, 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 and that we still have it um, I mean there's so many stories about Bridget that she was um, she, she also stood up for a lot of women and, and, and the marginal and marginalized and people who are um, uh, without homes or without without uh, means and uh, she also stood up to the the king of Leinster at the time. And do you remember the story that uh, you may remember that uh, he, she asked for a land so she could build her monastery. And he said in, in a very derisory way, uh, throw your cloak on the ground and you, uh, as much as, as it covers, you can have that land. 
And of course, she, she put, took off her cloak, put it on the ground, and the cloak spread all through three counties. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. Now, um, <clears throat> if you think about the, the, the amazing symbolism that, 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 that surrounds Bridget too, and I talk about this in the article, but uh, the, I mean, what, what, what is a cloak? What is it? What is your coat? It's something that you wear to protect you, it's a protection from. Uh, the weather from uh, the cold and from the heat and from from months and something that you gather around yourself. So, if you look beyond the obviously not the literal meaning of that, but beyond that to the symbolic meaning of it, uh, we can see that if we uh, you know spread kindness or lay down kindness, it will spread and spread and spread, uh, just like the cloak. And I think that's really what the story means. The you know, yeah. yeah. So that's really what, what uh, I talk about that and and. Um, well, talking about marginalising and, yeah. and, and the homeless as well. Um, oh, and you've also an article mm. with Alice Lee. You know, I was just a lady who has yes. mm. been uh, a modern day Saint Bridget. Modern you might say, day Saint Bridget yeah, in, many, going, many yeah, yeah, in many and ways, and she's been the cause yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of people. Who Absolutely, are she has been working tirelessly for the last I don't know many years. Alice has uh, the Alice Lee Trust does so many things for uh, the homeless and people who are in in in, uh, in need. And I'll tell you the story about that, actually. We ran a story uh, last year, sometime, one of the issues last year, uh, written by Dermot Carmody, uh, a well-known journalist and, 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 and writer. And he wrote about uh, the Royal Hospital in, in um, Royal City of Dublin Hospital, I think it's called, in Bagastry, the old hosp- Bagastry Hospital, which mm-hmm. is a very famous hosp- hospital. And it's one of these beautiful buildings. It was built in 1881, I think it was. It was opened. And uh, it's one of these beautiful uh, buildings, which unfortunately, since the hospital closed sometime in the 1970s, it's been allowed to run into rack and ruin. And um, some people want to demolish now. And uh, builders have been trying to buy it and just knock it down and build flats and whatever like that, and which would be a terrible thing to happen because it's one of the icons, if you like, the architectural icons of of Dublin. And Dermot wrote this article about this anyway. And um, a friend of of, uh, Alice's gave uh, her a copy of News 4 and she read it and she got in touch with me and she said, I really, that article resonates with me because she said, uh, she's a nurse as as well as you know. Mm. And she said, I used to work in that hospital and I actually did my training there. And I, I stayed at the time in the nurse's residence, which is just around the corner for it from it in what is now the Dillon Hotel. And she said, I used to live there and I love the place and I resonate with what was said about that. that. But then she continues and develops that article into how we're not just letting the the building and the city and the architecture uh, uh, run into into dereliction, but also the people, unfortunately, which is even more sad. Without a doubt, yeah. And she said she talks about in this article, I do hope people read it, it's quite a long article, but it's well, really well worked and very well written. Uh, she uh, she talks about um, how they were promised at the time, and this is back in the nineteen seventies when she started campaigning for the homeless. They were promised that it would be uh, the homeless situation would be sorted out in two or three years, and she said, unfortunately, thirty, forty years later, and it's, it's still it's actually getting worse. So, um, yeah. So I'd just like to take the, this opportunity to thank Alice for that beautiful article and for writing uh, it. For, absolutely. For we, wish, we wish her yeah. well. We wish, in, and we wish her well. Continue it on. And following on from that too, yeah. uh, oh, and just stay, <laughs> stay with it because, <laughs> you know, something, if, you, if you're going through, you know, yeah. troubled times, yeah. mental health is a big thing mental uh, health, for yeah. people, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's tough out there. And you've got an article here, uh, which is, you oh, know, yeah. a, a life is full of amazing 
uh, possibilities. That's but right, part yeah. of that is mm. watch out for signs of suicide with PA the house. That's right. Yes, uh, as yes, well as, yes, par- as yes, part of that. Yes, and then also an article with uh, Helen Walsh. That's right. Uh, that was a note. Uh, for your for your mental well for your mental for your mental health. Helen Helen Walsh. She's another contributor uh, uh, outside uh, contributor we have the, in this issue, and she wrote a very nice article. Um, you, you, the 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 heading that you read for about there, what's it called again? Uh, like it's full full of amazing possi- uh, possibilities. Yeah. And that's actually a line from from the article, and that was a very good I thought. That's mm. why I put it in as the heading. Uh, Helen is a life and uh, health coach. She works here from Irish Town. She's and uh, she's very successful, but she works again with people to help motivate people and get them. Uh, not just the physical, but the mental health side of it as well, as you as you said, and and and. Uh, she talks about how how change and growth. She talks about those two things about in our lives and how it's easy to. Sometimes we resist change if somebody tries to force it on us. Like you know, if I say to somebody, you know, or obviously I wouldn't. You need to lose weight or whatever like that. You know, which, I would, do. which I would never, <laughs> which I would never say to you, but anyway, <laughs> uh, or to anyone. But uh, uh, people have said it to me as well. Yeah. Uh, but and uh, then you'll think, no, I, I don't want, or you, you should go running or whatever. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But she says, no. What you do is, uh, you you don't try to run a marathon you st- you take once take it in steps and take it and you do it in small small steps and like that and things, and things like that so if we if somebody tells us to do something we tend to resist it but if we get the idea ourselves i'm going to do this i'm going to live a healthier life i'm going to to start looking after i'm going to start doing looking for this new job i'm going to start doing whatever um we suddenly get inspiration from everywhere from the universe wherever you want to call it like uh, from a spiritual side whatever it is and we suddenly get that and we get buoyed up then and we um uh we we start take steps incrementally towards our, our our goal and towards what we want to do. So I think it's a really good article that yeah by by Helen and I want to thank her as well for for well, absolutely the, and, the amount yeah, of uh, and, but, articles and, in it is phenomenal. And, and as you say, it, it corresponds very well. I, I I juxtapose it there with the Pieta House one, which who do tremendous work as well for people with suicide, and that they're basically saying in, in that article, if you know anybody, again in an unobtrusive way, you know, just tell them if you want uh, if they want to talk to you or if they want. You to, to to go along with them where they're making the phone call to Peter in the, yeah, in any yeah. way to obviously in an unobtrusive way but you know just not to be afraid to reach out to people because everybody says when you ask them how are they oh I'm doing fine I'm doing fine and unfortunately a lot of people aren't doing fine and um, if we can watch out for people and be more inclusive as we say absolutely again, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah um, moving on uh, as well on. Uh, to something as well, therapy, but it's sports. Therapy. More ther- yeah, another. Power and sports, n- n- yeah. Mairead was. We have to mention mention Mairead as well. On the, on the she, she's doing she's doing quite a lot. Mairead is doing lot. She she works here from uh, Lloyd's Pharmacy in in in, in Ringsend, and uh, Mairead is is an amazing woman. She's a, a physical therapist. She mm. works does a lot of sports uh, uh, therapy and. Uh, um, Dry needling and whatever. I don't know what even that is, but it's to do with sport, uh, sports uh, uh, injuries. And uh, she's also studying at the moment to become uh, a neuromuscular therapist, which she's going to be uh, qualifying in April for that. And basically what that means is the neuromuscular, um, it means a connection between the, the, the brain and the body. If you like the, the, the neurons in the brain, when they start firing, then uh, things happen, you know, you're in, in your body. But it also can work the other way around. You can, if, if you have, um, if you activate p- parts of your body, then you can, it can li- light up a Scientists have done this and have measured it. It'll light up parts of your brain and get your the neurons to start firing again. So you can use your body to actually 
get your brain started and your brain to get your body started. They're not. We used to think years ago there were two separate uh, things, like, but actually they're, it's all it's all one. It's all mind body the con- a connection, and this is what neuro. Um, muscular therapy is all about obviously i'm just giving you a very very brief sketch absolutely she, she's she's the expert we want uh, the people to read the she, article she, we want her to read the article and, she's an, and she yeah. does a lot of other things as well a lot of spiritual work a lot of she does a lot of she's yeah. uh, this article goes into her, her um written by louise it goes into her her, her career in, in in great detail and she's actually she's just an amazing woman she really is and you know long may she continue to and hopefully you know and go, go from strength to strength. Yeah. On the other page, you have tips. Snore. Oh, snore, snore no, no more. No, that's yeah. That's which a, obviously that's a, yeah, yeah. People have a problem with, and it affects other people. Yeah, that's so plenty of tips. Yeah, for that, regards that, that's, to that that's as regards well. to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we <coughs> go along. Uh, mm. Also, um, you have books and you have theater. We have also got a lovely article on the National Concert Hall. We have a lovely. Yes, due, right. Uh, a massive revamp. It does. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. After these years, and what. A, Mm. Talking about iconic buildings, there, uh, yeah, know, exactly. Like Another street, iconic, building. Another yeah, iconic yeah. building. In I mean, that's been going back. I don't, not, it, it says, and yeah, Brian wrote that, uh, and it, uh, it's very good as well. It goes back. I remember when it was the, it was part of UCD at one stage, and the, there was a medical um, sector, and, and I know engineers had it. Had a, the fact the whole faculty of engineering was there at one stage, uh, but it, now it's the, it's the, just the, the National Concert Hall. I think it's a, it, it's a fantastic. It's a, it's it's a heritage really part of our heritage and it's, it's great to see it being revamped and re, re, redone up it was supposed to be done in in 2020 but because of covid they had to they had to put it on ice if you like you know so that, yeah that's a great thing to see yeah and we we looked we've oscar expectations as well yeah right? oh, and yeah. we have a film preview <laughs> we, we have the film because, preview and yeah. we have um, and the film we have a, a, a film a preview we've got a lot of stuff on film actually this this time uh, we have the Films, a preview of films coming up that would be released, released this year. We also have uh, Valentine's Day films, which is, even though Valentine's Day has passed now, it's still not too late to get you know nice yeah. bottle of, a nice bottle of wine and cuddle up with your with your favorite person. Watch <laughs> watch, a, watch a nice movie. Uh, and we also cover the Dublin uh, International uh, Film Festival, which is starting on the February the twenty third and runs to uh, March the fourth. And there's some uh, uh, really good um, new films coming up on that. And as you mentioned, we covered the Oscars, and Ireland have been doing phenomenally well. The big, been absolutely, given, yeah, yeah, this big year, this this year, yeah. We are nominated for I don't know something like eleven or something uh, uh, Oscars, and um, actually more than that because uh, the the Banshees of Inishir itself has nominated for nine, I believe. So like our own Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, hope they get an Oscar. Uh, uh, and a few others as well. Harry Kogan, yeah. Harry, uh, Harry yeah. that's right. That's Barry, right. Barry, Barry, yes, right. Yeah. And uh, there's another lady as well, and her name escapes me now. But, um, and also then the Irish film <coughs> on Colleen Coon. And I'd love to see that doing well. I'd love to see that getting a... a um, it's a smaller category, so um, hope, hopefully the competition won't be as, won't be as, uh, as big. Stiff, yeah. 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 Although I believe the... the um, all is quiet on the Western Front is is out again in a German version of it, so that might be a bit of competition. But I'm really hoping that uh, Colin Kuhn does does well and, and picks up a, an Oscar an there. Oscar as It'd be well. great for yeah, everybody yeah. concerned and for the whole Irish language thing and everything. You know, I really would, and it might actually spawn, you know, a bit more people to get more interested in in their language again. And it's also great to see, you know, uh, films like that being uh, being. Um, 
shown worldwide, like an, an Irish. Oh, computer. without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah. Irish yeah. on the map. It makes sure you prouder, even though yeah. I'm yeah. unfortunately I don't uh, speak it <laughs> uh, uh, um, fully anyway. But a uh, couple of fuckle, but that's all. But uh, it'd, be, it'd be lovely to see it again, wouldn't it? You know, without a doubt, jobs quite important and skills for jobs, jobs very yeah, important. Yeah, so you yeah. have to the, the two hundred and twenty-two, which has gone to marathon skills training program, which uh, yeah. took place and. Of course, the graduation. Program, oh, that's what. Yeah, uh, fantastic. That's on, you Google and, and yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's Dublin fantastic. Port work. there as well. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Dublin and Dublin Port and, there. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we have important. all the recipients of it as well. Um, I suppose, given where we are, mm. on, right at the, mm. the the base there of the, of the the river plus the the mm. bay. Yeah, maritime skills. Yeah, oh, it's very, a, it's a very important, very important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rings End was always a maritime uh, time. Uh, village um, that's really where it, it, it came about back in a few hundred years ago like it was from the from the working on the, on, on the sea and working in the ships and working on the, and the fishing and all that and it's great to see that tradition and that heritage um continuing and fair juice to those people who did that that course and it's, i think it's an ongoing course to do it every year uh, the maritime course uh, skills and um, they've all qualified a lot of them have, have got jobs now and you know brilliant it's brilliant it's a brilliant but, career, Rick, as well. You know, it really, is, yeah, really absolutely. Is. Very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, and that the Sandymount Culture Program for <coughs> 2023 has been released as well. I That's think correct. That's coming yeah. out of the Sandymount Community Centre. That's coming out of the Sandymount uh, Community Centre, yeah, yeah. Plenty of things <coughs> happening there. There's a low, yeah, they, they've actually released their, their program for the whole year, which is, is, is really good. And now, Sandymount Community Centre, I'm sure everybody knows what it is, but it used to be the, formerly the Irish Charles Centre, if, if you don't know. And they do they do things every weekend. I'm just going to mention one, uh, um, which is the third of March. They do. I think they do. They have events on on every Friday, uh, which and the third of March is um, it's only a couple of weeks away. Uh, Emily Conway is playing their her jazz duo in in the Sandyman Community Centre, and she's just one of my favourite artists. She's a beautiful singer, beautiful jazz uh, um, artist, and I really. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I have something else. Unfortunately, you are always busy. I'm sure you know yourself. I presume people can get but tickets can from, get, from... You can, they can. Yeah. I think you can just turn up at the door as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Five minutes a day. It's actually, it's actually free, in, believe it or not. But you, they ask oh, for don a, don- yeah. a donation of five yeah, euros. Yeah. Like, and please give give well, you know. That's because the, that's the a really, the really, that's the that, really good. Yeah. Now, lots of other things on as well. Like uh, there's a whole... Um, as I said, the whole program goes up to Christmas, actually. Yeah, uh, but uh, some fantastic, read, exactly, fa- fantastic things. Take it off yeah. in the calendar. Cover, covers uh, all things. Talking like, about community yep. centres, you have, of course, uh, our, your our own, own, of course. Yeah, yeah. Event, uh, <coughs> or I mean, we we talk about different things that happen. You know, the Rock School, and um, they're opening the the or they have opened the dementia garden which uh is a fantastic idea it's a, a sense it's called a sense sorry not dementia sensory garden yeah uh, for people with uh um, problems maybe with dementia or whatever and for the carers i think it's a fantastic idea and i just want to say we'll in the next issue we'll be running a bigger spread a bigger article on that and going into it in more detail so that's something and it, it, it kudos to everybody involved in that because it's just such a it's such a worthwhile thing to do you know yeah yeah it's becoming more prevalent it is of course and not just elderly people some younger people do unfortunately it's something that is going to affect a lot of people yeah exactly yeah um, with, uh, you have Ricky's as well of course the youth side of it and another interesting one 
I picked out was the DCC notes. Yeah, yeah. Dublin City Council notes. Yeah. Questions to the manager. Yeah. To, oh, well, we, we, uh, we, that's a feature we run every, in every issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, uh, so but, a, a chance for people to see, you know, you've got yeah, traffic ha- congestion, <coughs> you've got mm. transportation to Balls Bridge, um, and it's noise levels on Strand Road. Right? So there's road, a, lot, yeah. a lot of issues there. Lots of issues, yeah. I mean, this is... Affected the community. This is, this is... Just lets people see what the, how the, the local uh, government, local uh, authorities, how they do their job and how what they're doing. And, and, and so the, 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 the biggest problem with that, to be honest, is editing it out, trying to... What to leave out. There's so many things. They're, they're, they're discussing so many different things and you can only fit in so much. So we, as you, you, you mentioned a number of things there that I included, so... And talking about questions and answers mm. is one as well with uh, Elaine Corkin. Elaine Cor- Corkin, uh, yeah, who does. Solicitor, the, the solicitor, local solicitor she does, as well. She, she does covers she's answering it, some questions. On legal well, issues, so if you want to write yeah. into her, she, she, she does that every, that's a feature, regular feature as well. And a lovely one is relaxing at home with, uh, with Mr. Mr. Tilly. Tilly. Yes, right. Mr. Tilly, as you know, uh, is famous for his Christmas lights and... Um, we, we wanted to run a little feature when Christmas and all that was over and all put away. We wanted to run a little feature on him uh, about, about his own life. And he has an amazing life there. As you can read, everybody can read about himself. And uh, of course, the work he, he, he did um, is continuing to do. Uh, and the money he's raised, I think it was something like, what was it, 18,000 or something this year alone. It's, it's, in, it's on the picture of the check there as well for the... For the for the the hospice, hundred and eighty thousand. Hundred and eighty. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what it is now. Eighteen thousand. Yeah, uh, and um, the amazing work he continues to do, and his own life too. And his, you know, his ups and downs. It wasn't always easy for him. He lost his wife, unfortunately, a few years ago. And um, yeah, we just thought we'd do that. Uh, Neverell did that interview with him. And and sport, of course. There's oh, some yeah, sport we have we have towards sport. the end. We have uh, yeah. at the back page. The back page at the end. Yeah, we have uh, we, an article on Harry Duggan, which is I think part one of a two part. It's it, actually part two of a part three two part. Of a three part. Of a three part. Yeah. The, the, the conclusion is the next issue. Uh, yeah. Harry, uh, Tell this us a little bit about Harry Duggan. Yeah, uh, I don't know a whole lot about Harry Duggan, but yeah. but uh, this is a this is a feature we do every every issue in, in uh, News Four, uh, written by Gavin, uh, and he's he's a kind of a. He is a, a sports historian, really. And Gavin is a mine of information about, uh, you know, sp- the sports stars and heroes of yesteryear. And he does all the research as well. He's, fantastic. He's covered lots and lots of people. But in this issue, in this last running uh, story, is on Harry Dig- uh, uh, Duggan, isn't it? Harry Duggan, yeah. Duggan, yeah. yeah. And he was famous uh, playing, he played with uh, Newport County and uh, a lot of teams like that. So, um, um, I'm not a big sports person myself, but you can read all about it. His, his, I actually thought his story, is, his life story, uh, quite, quite interesting too. Yeah. So plenty in the p- plenty paper, of stuff there. Yeah. Uh, as <laughs> yeah. well, and um, I, I noticed you have a page as well for. Uh, oh yeah, that's for, for news. Restart your business. Restart, so yeah. It's a free paper, but. The paper has to keep has, going. Has so to keep going. And we have like to more print, and, we, and we do need more advertisements. If people yeah. want to advertise, please get in touch. And we'd be more than happy to. Have you an email address? That uh, yeah, just a news for what's the news for at gmail.com I think is the is the is the email address. It's on that there. Here's a good one for me now. Oh yeah, uh, it says but yeah, it's news for, for ads. Ads, sorry, newsforadsgmail.com. Yeah, oh, right. But even if you send it to the editor news for uh, gmail.com, I will pass it on to the editor as well. Don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, that's, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Own, um, good yeah. reading for all the people. Well yeah. done on, on another much. great yeah. um, publication as well. And as you said, 
there's plenty more there's in the pipeline coming more, up for coming April, up for, for April. May, yeah, as I say, we'll be we'll be covering the the the, the sensory garden and uh, Easter, of course, and all the different things that are happening in in April, May, uh, the May Day Parade. Lots of things coming up. Very exciting. Ab- very exciting. Absolutely. We're starting to get, get into it already. Yeah, yes. spring is yes. coming. As spring is coming. As pep and Thank the you. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Thank for you very coming much. in and joining us once again. Thank oh, you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Come and join us at our Retro Cafe. Open weekdays from 10 until 2 here in the community centre. Come and check out our Karen's culinary delights. You're listening to the Community News Desk on Rick Radio. Okay, now join us on the Community News Desk is uh, Caelan Robinson and Caelan runs Stock One Studio. Caelan, you're very welcome to the programme and thanks a lot for coming in. Thanks for having uh, us on. As well. And um, I suppose looking back, um, I heard about you through Song for the Doctors, of course, which we had course, yeah. uh, Josh McGuinness and Jerry Fish in uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, you were actually videoing uh, that song for them and, and all that was going on. So give us a little uh, insight into what was taking place. Yeah, so uh, I got that job through speaking to Max. Uh, Max was the coordinator for that event on the day, and Ma- Max is brilliant at what he does. He had explained to me how the event would run, the coordination of everything, but he hadn't actually told me about the content of the song. So it was brilliant to be able to hear something that was made about Ring's End, and it felt very authentic. You know, I felt uh, there's it, it does a lot of things being made for the community at the moment, and it feels not informed it doesn't feel authentic and that that really felt like something that re- would resonate with a lot of people from rings end so it was great to be a part of it and uh yeah in, ter- in terms of actually shooting the event it was a bit challenging because there was the crowd we needed a shot where you could see the crowd we needed another shot of the full performance without the crowd and then we needed a moving camera shot but the moving camera shot i couldn't be visible in the other two shots, if you know what I mean. So yeah, there was a lot yeah. of coordination. There was actually a documentary team there making a documentary about the event. And there was a journalist who was taking photos and videos as well. So trying to coordinate my own three cameras and then with two other production teams, it was fairly difficult, but it was great. It was a great day. And when you were saying three, three cameras, are, are you controlling the three cameras yourself or do you have other people... So I had uh, I yeah. had my assistant in with me uh, looking after the two stationary cameras. So I had two on a tripod. I set the set the settings and everything on them, and I left them. And then the tour tripod, I was at uh, the tour camera. I was moving through the space with. So I'm intrigued to find out the the workings of you say the the sent you set the sensors on us. Is it uh, the, the settings? So the, settings on yeah, it, I should so say. You know, so they, sure they, they can move, can they? Then no, no, no. So they no. were stationary. So stationary. I had two okay, stationary yeah. cameras. One. Just capturing the the, the, the performance yeah, and yeah. then one a bit wider capturing the audience as well. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know? But uh, the the two cameras I set them, I made sure that everything looked great in camera, the pictures, the colours, and then I left my assistant to watch them while I went up the sides and tried to stay out of the shot of the first <laughs> two cameras. You know, so yeah, it was, it was difficult, but it's all part of the job. And of course, there was three different. Um, settings on the day really they were doing the three three different times yeah well. did you do one for each one or? yeah so there was yeah. uh there was three performances yeah. and then they performed each performance had three parts you know so there was essentially nine parts to be shot and that's been 
got edited down into just one performance, if, it, if that makes sense. Ah, very good, yeah. So we'll yeah. have multiple takes of each activity. But there'll be just one at the end. But there'll be just one at the end. And then yeah. the, the audio from that day is being mixed up and it's going to be sent over to me. So I'll have a clean feed yeah. of the audio to edit in to the performance video. Yeah. How, how difficult is it or how easy is it ah, to, well, to edit, you know, after after taking so many shots? Does well, it take much When you know time? what you're doing, you know. It's, well, obviously, it's, <laughs> you know what you're doing, yeah. Like, it's getting easier yeah, because yeah. I'm learning little tips and tricks here and there. But when I yeah. started out, it was a nightmare. It'd be days and days and days sitting behind the computer. You know, really struggling, but uh, now it's it's a little bit easier now because I'm a bit more experienced under my belt. I'm a bit more confident when I sit down too at it. But uh, yeah, it can be a bit nerve wracking. You know, you can be you can be sitting there eleven o'clock at night scratching, pulling your hair out, saying, "Why isn't it working?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and of course, video is not the only thing you do. It's really photos you're involved with, and of course, Doc One Studio. Obviously named from around the Docklands here anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I knew from the first day that I decided I wanted to open my own studio. I wanted the name to be something related to where I'm from because it's massively important to me. I feel like this mm. area has shaped me more than any other experience in my life. So I knew I wanted to represent where I come from in the name of the studio. And I brainstormed thousands of ideas, sheets of paper all over my room, you know, trying to find the perfect name and the address of the studio was one Irish town road so saying I knew I wanted to work one in somewhere something one or one something yeah I, I couldn't get it and I was at square one we were going to decide on square one studios and I was thinking it doesn't really tie into the area and then that name was taken back to the drawing board but finally landed on dock one and I love it yeah, great. Like, name. Yeah, Absolutely. I feel like it, it yeah, really yeah. represents where we are and what we do. Yeah, you know? short, snappy as well. Yeah, kind of, yeah, it, yeah. It, it looks well printed as well. It's it's kind yeah. of uniform, you know. Yeah, and of course, following on from from that is that the the duck one having that brand, but it's brands you really are big into uh, for companies as well, working with brands. Absolutely, yeah. That's so. What what I try to do is, I'll approach it approach a brand or a, a new business and give them images which they can upload, which they can confidently stand behind, which they feel represents their business. So it could be somebody who makes ice cream or it might be a jewellery manufacturer or it might be a whiskey production team, you know, it, it could be any sort of, of business, but with the, the, the kind of the way everything has gone at the moment with COVID and everything going online yeah I think it's it's really important that your online representation is strong and a, like a lot of the places people would go to get their online representation costs thousands thousands and thousands and you're sending away to UK or the US you know and yeah. I'm doing everything in Ireland Brilliant, brilliant stuff as well. Uh, where did this all come from? Like, I, I, was it from a young age that you realised, like, I want to be a photographer, I want to be a videographer, I want to be involved in this in this industry? Um, where, where did that side of it come from for you? Well, I've always been creative. Like, even as a young kid, I was always really interested in graffiti and art and colouring and drawing. I was, I was always driven by being creative. But... I wouldn't ever call myself creative, if you know what I mean. Because to me, creativity was being able to draw the perfect picture to somebody. And I couldn't yeah. draw. 
So in my head, if you can't draw, you're not creative, you know? But I was creative in other ways. I'd love to colour things in. I'd love to draw letters. I was really interested in poster design, things like that. So I, I never seen that as an op opportunity as a career in school. Like my plan in school was to leave before my junior cert. I wanted to go do my junior cert in FOSS, get a wedge, and then, you know, leave at 16 then or whatever and go on and get a trade. Yeah. And I, I don't know what happened. I just, I, the art teacher, really, I think she's seen potential in me in school. She was brilliant. And she really went above and beyond to make sure I felt looked after, you know, felt yeah, like yeah, important. Yeah. And that gave me a little bit of confidence. And I found myself hanging around the art class a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more. And then came to that time where you're finishing school and people are saying, you know, what are you going to do? Do you want to go on to college? Do you want to get a trade? Do you want to go out and start walking? And like college was the last thing on my mind. And somebody told me about a PLC, you know, the, the, the yeah. I think it was a, it was actually a level five. It was the same level as the leaving cert. So my goal was to go on and do the PLC. And I, you know, I had to do the PLC in the end because I didn't get enough points in the leaving cert. I wasn't, skill wasn't really suited to me, you know. But yeah. you were into art. I was into art, And a lot exactly. of people are like that, absolutely. And I, but I thought I was terrible uh, yeah, at learning, yeah, terrible yeah, at studying. Yeah. It was only when I actually went to went to do the PLC, I realised I wasn't actually bad at learning. I was just bad at skill, you know. But when it was something that I was interested in or something that I was passionate about. Yeah, yeah. I was really, really motivated, you know. I was really yeah. able to grow up and excited about getting it done. So I went on from doing the PLC. Where, where did you do the PLC? Yeah, I done. I actually done two PLCs. I done the first one in Stillorgan, and that was great. But I think I was a bit young because I was only seventeen leaving yeah, school. So yeah, yeah. I went on. I done the same PLC again in the Liberties, and they were absolutely phenomenal in the Liberties. You know, they really looked after you. Yeah, it was a lot more uh, down to earth. A lot of like Stillorgan was great, but a lot of the people there, their parents were like five generation graduates of NCAD and they kind of, it, it, it made sense to them, you know, and somebody, yeah, like yeah. there's not a lot of people from the likes of Ringsend, Pear Street, Irishtown that go on to art college. It's seen as more of a kind of upper middle class path to go down. So the liberties, it was a lot more kind of on my wavelength, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then because I done really well in the liberties, I got, I think I got, three honours and five passes or something you know something a lot better than I done in me leaving too. how long does PLC take uh, one year one that year, was one, one year, year PLC, but yeah. because yeah. it was a level five that counted as leaving cert points yeah so although me leaving cert wasn't great the PLC points were really good so I was able to get accepted then into NCAD on Thomas Street and there could be one of if not the biggest art college in Ireland it is yeah and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I tell you, I felt oh, very, out like? very out of place at first, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit mad in there to tell you the truth, but I loved it, absolutely loved it, like, talked to it so well, you know, I, I felt out of place until I realised that everybody was just being themselves and doing what they wanted to do, you know, it was yeah. a great place to, to really practice what you wanted to do, and I, I thought I wanted to do graphic design, I went in there thinking I was going to be a graphic designer, and then... So you're faced with the kind of, do you want to do fine art or do you want to do design? And I decided I want to do fine art. I actually preferred it. Now I said, like, all the money seems to be in the design route, but I enjoy doing fine art. So I went down the fine, fine art, art route. route yeah. And then I said, like, you can do textile, sculpture, painting, you know, there's ceramics. There's loads of different routes you can go into after. But I, I, I fell into media. So just fine art specialising in media. And that was all the like, cameras, projectors, you know, 
uh, digital installations, things along them lines, and I absolutely loved it. It was really well suited to me, you know, and it's just the way I think it clicked with my brain. Yeah, and yeah. I just, just loved it. Loved it instantly, addicted to it, you know. So yeah, great story, great ah. as well as you say, and it, it just kind of shows you that if you don't go down the academic route, as they call it, to go to do arts or do science or something, that there is other, you know, uh, college uh, courses there. Absolutely, for people who have, like you said, a, an absolute draw yeah. for for the, the art side of it, the fine art, and and ending up in NCAD, which is. You know, as you said yourself, I really, really loved it being there. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, thing, yeah. it was something that I thought, I'll go in, I'll get my degree and I'll leave. And then I'll, yeah. I'll start to enjoy my time after, you know. But yeah. as it turned out, I actually really enjoyed it in college a lot more than I expected. And it's funny as well, I actually found out I was dyslexic in college. I never knew when I was in school. You know, I was completely missed. Yeah. And uh, just by chance, uh, my girlfriend actually said to me one day, she says, like, I was reading something out there, and I was reading words that weren't there, you know. And she says, hey, like, are you dyslexic? I said, I don't know. So, luckily, I was still in college at the time, and there was the, the services there to go and get tested in college. Brilliant, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Shocked. She said, yeah, they are dyslexic, you know. So, that was that was a bit mad to find out at, what, 22? Yeah, yeah, you know, after having gone through After going through school, school like, and doing my leaving yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah, doing... Everything doing, like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, it was a bit mad, but... After that, I felt a lot, a lot less pressure on myself because I had a name to put to, you know, if I was struggling reading something, I'm not saying, right, I'm thick. I was saying, I know, I'm just dyslexic. Yeah, just take yeah. a second and go again, you know. But like that, if I'd known in primary or secondary school that I was dyslexic, if I'd known in primary or secondary school that I was interested in art and that was an, a, an actual avenue I could go down and earn money from, yeah, me, me whole approach and attitude would have been different. Yeah, but I think, and I'm sure in some of the more wealthier areas in Dublin, that is more common. Or even nowadays, I'm sure as a whole, it's more common. But I think it's important that children nowadays kind of understand the potential of what you can do, no matter where you're from, yeah. or you know what you're interested in, or what, however you learn, because we're all different than we. We all have our own little ways of making things click in our head, you know. Without a doubt. Uh, NCAD, you obviously qualified there. And and what was your plan then? Or had you a plan as you were going maybe through your last year? Yeah, so my, my plan yeah. was to actually, I was interested in documentary filmmaking. I made a mm-hmm. documentary about the floods in Ringsend for my uh, graduation Fabulous, film. Yeah. Brilliant. Like, we got some great stock footage of the community centre. Yeah. Now, the army men coming in, feeding people at dinners and stuff. Yeah. So, I was interested in the documentary filmmaking. And the plan was we were going to move to, me and my girlfriend were going to move to Canada. We were going to move to Vancouver. And I was going to try to get work in the film industry. Because, like, a lot of the films that are shot, meant to be in America, are actually shot in Vancouver. Yeah. a great uh, film production side there. But, of course, I graduated during COVID. So... That kind of ruined them plans. Scuttled there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. COVID kind of hit Ireland in what, March kind of time. And then I graduated in the, well, it would have been the May, but it ended up going on to about August, I think, you know, just with. Yeah, the way things yeah. were going. Yeah, course, yeah. But uh, so I came out then. I'd been working cafe jobs the whole time during college, doing mad hours, 14 hour shifts, and, you know, opening six in the morning and yeah. the whole lot. So I knew I didn't, didn't want to do that. <laughs> that was, I said, yeah. anything but. 
yeah. the cafe late nights, early mornings, yeah. I'd be happy with. Um, so thankfully, I got put on the PUP from the cafe job I was working in when COVID hit. And I was on the PUP for two years during COVID. And that kind of, it gave me a chance to build a portfolio. It gave me a chance to sit down and assess and say, what do I want to do? Where can I make money, you know? And uh, most importantly, it allowed me to apply to the, for the back-to-work enterprise scheme because you have to be on the social welfare two years to apply for that. Yeah. And I hadn't been on the social welfare, but they were including the PUP in that social welfare bracket. So by mere chance, I was able to apply for the back-to-work scheme. And uh, I was awarded, thankfully. Brilliant, brilliant. And that obviously helped you set up the company. Oh, absolutely, from, yeah. From there. And uh, I suppose in many ways, it came, there's a, there's a lot more than, you know, there's the art side of it, the, the creative side of it. But then you have, on the other side, you have the company side of it as well. Was that a, a new opener for you or how did you... Absolutely. How, how, did, how did you work around that? Look, I've been, I've always been creative, like I said, and... I've been making work creatively for the last seven or eight years con- consistently, you know. So the creative side, I'm very confident in. Mm. The business side, I didn't have a clue. I mean, I really didn't have a clue. Like, I'd done a job for a fella, he said, send me an invoice. I was at home for a week, scratching my head saying, what is it? How, how do I do an invoice, you know? Like, yeah, simple yeah. things, but things that... You know, needed to be yeah, done. needed to be done. <laughs> yeah, so I was yeah. lucky now because I was going through the back to work enterprise scheme. I was able to get a course. It was a, a young entrepreneur course through the inner city enterprise. Yeah, up in Smithfield, absolutely brilliant. They sat down with me. They done my business plan. They done you know the trajectory, of the company, what are like I've done me elevator pitch. You know all these yeah, things yeah. that help you build your company. I helped build a brand, build the logo. I got me me business cards done all through. The inner city enterprise, yeah. And if it wasn't by them, geez, I'd probably still still be at the start, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, it's great that they so you were able to get that side to, to look at the business side, exactly. Of it. It was a huge and, and, and yeah. Because I, I done quite well in the uh, young entrepreneurs course, they offered me uh, an ent- ent- entrance to the mentorship program, which they run. So I've been working with Helen Walsh now for the past couple of weeks. It's actually from Ringsend herself. Uh, and we've done a piece there with, yes. with in the in News 4. Yes, yes, she has a, yeah. a feature in the feature News 4 in the at the moment. This, yeah. this month, yeah. So, so Helen Walsh is my mentor at the moment. and Great. Jesus, the support from Helen is brilliant. She, she really knows her stuff and yeah, I'd yeah. be lost without her, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great story. Great to hear, you know, someone young and uh, I suppose having gone through COVID as well. Uh, into the bargain plus finding out you're dyslexic uh, and you're you're thriving now with the company and I'm sure I know it's early stages but you're obviously looking for more work and more work and as you said working with companies with doing all their brands exactly uh, for, yeah. for them as well what from your experience what advice would you give say to any young person there that's maybe 16, 17 or even younger uh, and might looking to, to say what am I going to do because I think we've all gone through that doesn't matter whether it's now generations it's generations past probably as well that yeah. have gone through that and saying I don't know what to, you get to your leavings there I don't know what to do you know so yeah. what 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 advice would you give them I suppose just start just start doing something because you, you won't know what you're interested in until you try a load of stuff you know like I 
I tried painting, textile, sculpture. Like, I knew I was interested in something art-based, but beyond that, I didn't have a clue. It was only through getting to try 20 different mediums and having space to fail that yeah. I was able to figure out what I really enjoyed and what I loved to do and what, dri what drives me, what motivates me. So I think the, be the best advice I could give to, to anybody young that might be listening would be to to just not be afraid to fail. Be afraid to get out and try things. And like the, failing is not nearly as bad as not trying anything. You know, it, it, you're never gonna regret having a new experience or trying something new for the first time. And you never know where it'll take you. You know, and yeah. don't don't let anything limit you. Because like, if somebody had to say to me, Jesus, you're from an area where nobody goes to art college, nobody does well in art college, and you're dyslexic. You know, you can't do the academic side. I probably would have beat myself up and not even tried. And I think the yeah. fact that I wasn't aware of that gave me a bit of a, a confidence boost to push on. You know, and I think it stood to me. But you see a lot of people from around the area that get that narrative in on themselves that they can't do it. And they're more than able, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think just don't limit yourself. Get out and try. try it and do it and yeah. see where it takes you, you know. And it's taking you a good bit down the road, but where's, where's, where's your ambitions for the future? So I'd, lo I'd love to take a couple of a couple of other photographers on, grow the business, turn it more into like a, an agency of sorts, you know. And uh, I'm in, I'm interested in teaching as well. I'm doing uh, the train the trainer program. Brilliant, so yeah. I'm yeah. looking to to set up classes and you know get young people in the area excited about creating media and creating content. Yeah. And not just like TikToks, but like actual functional content that can bring in revenue for yourself yeah. and for businesses. You know. Yeah. And uh, be, being proud of being proud of what you do as well. I think that's a big part of what I want to teach is really loving what you do and being proud of it, and being able to stand behind it and say, "This is me. This is what I do, and this is why." You know. Now for the brand, how do people get in touch with you, uh, Caleb? Um, so at the moment we've got the the Doc One Studio Instagram or the Caleb Robinson Instagram. That's my own personal Instagram, and we will have Doc One Studio live soon. Just waiting to iron out the finer details and that'll be launched yeah um, but you can get in contact with me through Instagram Caleb C-E-I-L-I-M underscore Robinson R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N and an email address uh, yeah Caleb R at gmail.com so it's C-E-I-L-I-M R at gmail.com Caleb it's been brilliant having you in it's an inspirational story I have to say and I'm really delighted uh, listen to it here and wish every success in the future we uh, hope to to see you uh, up there in, in the in the bright lights as they say well thanks for having us in and same to yourself really appreciate it thank thanks for thanks for giving us the space well, that's all for the community news desk this week if you would like to contact us our email address is rickradio2020 at gmail.com my thanks to dylan and ronan on sound and editing leslie on admin jennifer on social media and Darren on the website. For me, Mick, take care and have a great week.